IndyCar fans, it's time to start your engines. Welcome to Pit Pass Indy, a production of Evergreen Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Martin, a journalist who regularly covers the NTT IndyCar series. Our goal at Pit Pass Indy is to give racing fans an insider's view of the exciting world of the NTT IndyCar series in a fast-paced podcast featuring interviews with the biggest names in the sport. I bring nearly 40 years of experience covering IndyCar and NASCAR, working for such media brands as NBCSports.com, SI.com, ESPN Sports Ticker, Sports Illustrated, Auto Week, and Speed Sport. So let's drop the green flag on this episode of Pit Pass Indy. The NTT IndyCar Series roars into September for the final three races of the 2021 season, beginning with Sunday's Grand Prix of Portland at Portland International Raceway. The series heads down the West Coast to WeatherTech Raceway at Laguna Seca for the Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey on September 19th. The 2021 NTT IndyCar Series Championship will be determined in the final race of the season, the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach, on September 26. The championship race is very tight, with Aero McLaren SP driver Pato Award of Mexico clinging to a 10-point lead over Chip Ganassi Racing's Alex Pelot. 22 points over two-time IndyCar Series champion Joseph Newgarden of Team Penske, 43 points over six-time NTT IndyCar Series champion Scott Dixon, and 60 points over Chip Ganassi racing driver Marcus Erickson. For most of the season, Pelot has been the points leader, but a crash early in the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Gateway shuffled the standings and dropped the driver from Spain to second place. But with 10 points difference, awards margin of error is very, very slim. As those drivers battle it out for the championship, our guests this weekend will be trying to end the season on a positive note, including two drivers from Andretti Autosport. The first is Alexander Rossi, who hasn't won a race since Road America in 2019. The driver of the number 27 Napa Auto Parts AutoNation Honda talks about the frustration of the past two seasons and how he believes he is ready to win before the end of 2021. Here's my interview with Rossi heading into this weekend's Grand Prix of Portland. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy is Alexander Rossi, driver of the number 27 Napa Auto Parts AutoNation Honda for Andretti Autosport. Hasn't been quite the season that we've expected out of Andretti, but there's three races left this season, West Coast wrap-up. You could end it on a flourish. How important is these final three races of the season? Uh, yeah, I mean, they're they're very important. Obviously, we didn't do any of, any of them last year, so... Um, we're excited to get back to the West Coast. I'm excited to get back to California. I have two races there. Um, it'll be great for for my uh, local kind of fan base and, and family and, and such to be able to come to those races. And uh, we love going out there, and, and we certainly missed it last year. You being a West Coast guy, obviously you love those races, but each of those three tracks is very different from the other. If you can look at Portland, what makes that track unique compared to, say, 
the fabulous track at Monterey with the corkscrew and everything. Um, I mean, Portland's pretty pretty flat. It's it's a short track. Um, they're both very low grip. Um, they're both very very challenging to, to kind of pass on. So there there are a lot of similarities. Um, visually, they're they're different. Um, obviously, Long Beach isn't quite as or sorry, Portland isn't quite as um, visually impactful as Laguna is, but. I love driving both of them. Um, the fan turnout's great for both, so yeah, excited, excited for both equally. A lot of drivers look at Portland and say it's a fast road course. Is that how you feel when you're out there, the way the, tr the course flows? Um, I mean, it's short. It's a 50-something second lap, but I wouldn't say it's particularly fast in terms of the corners. But um, yeah, like I said, it's, it, it, it's unique. It's, I think the biggest thing is it's such a short lap. I think it's under two miles, so um, that's, that's kind of interesting. But other than that... Um, it's just normal, another racetrack, man. Now, I know that when you were a kid, your dad took you to Sonoma Raceway for races. No, he took me to Laguna. You also went to Laguna. Yeah, yeah. How often did you go to Laguna, and what was it about being able to have those two spectacular road courses in your state that you could go to that really introduced you to auto racing? Yeah, man. I mean, uh, it's, it's very, very fortunate to grow up in Northern California and have two world-class facilities um, within a couple-hour drive. and. Yeah, I mean, I my first race was at Laguna when I was three years old, and I remember going to the kart race there and, and watching um, big names, Carpentier and Herta and um, Andretti and, and everyone race, and, and that was kind of my first introduction to, to motor racing. And to be able to now race there as an IndyCar driver is, is, is very special. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting how it's all come full circle. But, yeah, I, I love going there. And, and again, the, the added benefit is... You know, I have a lot of family and friends that are able to get to those races because they're they're from that part of part of the world as well. How much of a high-speed thrill ride is that corkscrew when you're inside of an Indy car? Um, yeah, I mean it's it's a pretty slow corner actually, but it's uh, it's very interesting to as you come up the hill and, and the approach. You know, you're always struggling with the brakes and and the the rear stability and stuff. But the corkscrew itself isn't isn't that fast. We were talking about corkscrews, then we got a screwball joining yeah. us and yeah. James Inscliffe. Beautiful course, though, beautiful facility, and a beautiful city. You don't have a whole lot of time to spend outside of the race weekends, but when you do, what is it you love most about Monterey Carmel? The weather. Um, you know, California weather, Northern California weather is, is pretty special and unique, and when we were there for a test uh, last month, I woke up early and, and just kind of walked down to the, the seafront and everything just because you have that morning fog and the ocean air and stuff, it's, it's very special. But, you know, I, I love that part of the world. Again, it's its home for me. You know, I grew up only two and a half hours from there. So I um, love going back every opportunity I can. Then the season's going to wrap up at the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach, a race where you are the two-time defending winner of that track. We didn't get to race there last year because of COVID. How much do you miss that event? And how would you like to just end the season the way you dominated that race back in 2019. Yeah, I mean, I we, we missed that race massively. I mean, I think that's that's a flagship race for us outside of the 500. Um, it's it's the most anticipated. It's the one people enjoy the most. Um, I think Nashville's gonna give it a run for its money, but ultimately Long Beach has the history and and the um, pedigree of, of one of our premier premier events. So we, we hated missing it last year. Obviously, it was understandable. Looking forward to getting back there this year, and we certainly plan on keeping our uh, win streak alive there in, in uh, a couple weeks. Do you see where things are starting to pick up a little bit at Andretti Autosport as far as the 
performance side, because I know the first uh, two-thirds of the season, it was a little bit of a struggle. Yeah, I mean, I honestly disagree with that. I think the performance has been there all year. It's just been things, um, mistakes and things outside our control. So I think the, the performance last year was an issue. I think the performance this year has been good. Um, there's nothing to show for it. So I think uh, the last couple of events have, have been a little bit kinder to us. Um, so we'll expect nothing different. We'll just go there and uh, put our best foot forward. And we're going to end the segment here with you on some big news. IndyCar is going back to Iowa Speedway for a doubleheader next year. It's going to be sponsored by Hy-Vee. Roger Penske and IndyCar is going to run the facility. How exciting is that for you to know you're going to get to go back to Iowa Speedway, which seems to put on some of the best oval track racing of the season? Well, I'm just glad we're we're getting back to a, a more normal calendar, if you will. Um, you know, through 2020, you know, we, we lost some events, um, again, for, for reasons that are outside of people's control, but we lost some events, and now... Um, looking ahead to 2022, we're adding Iowa back, which has been a staple in IndyCar for so long. It's it's always put on an awesome show. For it to be a doubleheader is it's also exciting. So great that we're uh, adding races back to the calendar and look to continue to add races as, as this offseason develops and, and we start to ramp up for 2022. When it comes to exciting racing, there's nobody who's probably more exciting to watch than Alexander Rossi. Alex, thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Our second guest is one of Rossi's teammates, Colton Herta. He began the season as one of the favorites to challenge for the 2021 title. Although he is sixth in the championship and mathematically alive, he is 111 points out of the lead and would need some incredible circumstances to leap over the five drivers ahead of him in the standings. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy is the driver of the number 26 Gainbridge Honda, it's Colton Herta, the big star over at Andretti Autosport. Colton, there's three races left in the season. We, you got three races on the West Coast, and I know that that's a big deal to IndyCar because they didn't get to race on the West Coast at all last year. So how important is that to you being a Southern California kid? Yeah, I mean, Long Beach is huge for me. And, um, yeah, a great market that was kind of untapped last year. So I uh, always have good turnouts for, for all three of those races on the West Coast. Um and especially Long Beach was kind of like one of the highlights of the year for me, being from, from around that area. Um, and such a great track, great event. So really looking forward to that. And, you know, we've, we've had great cars at all three of those places and shown speed there in, in previous years. So, What do you think of Portland Raceway? How do you like it? Your past experiences there, you've, I believe you've done pretty well. But there's always a little bit of room for improvement. What is it about Portland Raceway makes it unique from the other road courses on the schedule? Um, I think how short it is, uh, it's extremely short and, and that makes the time super close. So you can't really afford to have any sort of little mistake there, uh, especially in qualifying because it can knock you out really easily. We saw Joseph in 2019 get knocked out by, you know, half a tenth in the first round. So it just shows that guys that, that are really good and should be up at the front aren't always there because of how close the times are. And of course... The track at Laguna Seca is one of the most picturesque and beautiful and most challenging road courses on the schedule. It's also one of the most important to the Herta family. Your father, Brian, won there over 30 years ago. You won there as an NTT IndyCar Series rookie in 2019. How big a day was that for you to win the race knowing that that was the 30th anniversary when your father had last won there? 
Uh, no, it was it was actually super cool. the 20th anniversary. Yes, Sorry 20th. Um, 20th. No, it's super cool, and obviously, you know, it, it the the genes I guess dive deep into that place, and there's a lot of uh, history there for for my family, and I was happy to kind of extend on that history and, and get a win um, in my rookie year. And it's it's another place I feel very comfortable, uh, and we have a great car. Had a really good test there earlier. And um, so, yeah, we, we have definitely a good package going in there um, and just can't wait to see how we do it. Is that a track where a young driver like yourself can really stick their neck out? Because it really is a high-speed roller coaster. It is. It's very technical, um, you know, especially in the, the later half of the lap going down after the corkscrew and all through that. Um, but, yeah, it's very low grip um, with high-speed corners and some really good low-speed stuff that keep you on your toes. Um, so it has a little bit of everything. It is a very difficult track, but very technical as well, um, which is always fun for us. How much of a thrill ride is the corkscrew in an Indy car? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely kind of, you know, it, it's almost like being on a roller coaster and jumping down. You get that feeling in your stomach. It jumps up. So um, it's it's such, such a, a difficult corner to, to master, too, because it's so blind. Um, and then you try to get on power as early as possible, and the traction isn't great. So it, it is one of the most difficult places we go to, not just because of the corkscrew, but it obviously includes that as well. And then the season will wrap up with the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach, and I know that's a big race for you, Southern California kid, down the road on the streets of Long Beach. Again, another race IndyCar didn't get the race at last year. How important would it be for Colton Herta to win the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach and go into the season as the last winner of the season. I would, I would love that. That's, that is, um, you know, one of the most important races in my career that I'd, I'd like to win. Um, and it's such a great race that, that we get to go to every year and has so much history with IndyCar. So it, it's an awesome place, awesome event. The people that show up are awesome and they show up in, in full force. So um, it sucks that we didn't get to go there last year, but I'm super excited to be back there this year. And some really big news was announced earlier when Roger Penske, Penske Entertainment, and Hy-Vee are going to revive Iowa Speedway, bring it back with a multi-year agreement, beginning with a doubleheader next July uh, back at Iowa. How important is that for the series to be going back to Iowa Speedway? It's very important. Um, you know, I think it's no secret that, that the IndyCar kind of lacks short ovals or ovals in general. So to get another one on, on the calendar and two more races on ovals is going to be awesome. Um, and... and you know, it's one of the few places that we go to that has a second lane that opens up and is really racy. So, um, you know, I think it was, it was, I don't know how many on-track passes there were, but it, it's always in the hundreds. Um, so it's always a great race and always kind of an awesome place to race around. Uh, short oval, kind of bull ring type setting. So really excited to get back there and, and good job by everybody, Bobby and Penske, um, for, for putting that back on the market. Outside of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the Indianapolis 500, do you think Iowa Speedway puts on probably the best short oval races of the season? Uh, it's definitely one of the best. You know, I think IndyCar has the potential to have put on good races everywhere that we go. Um, you know, I think it's very dependent on lap count and strategy and, and how the tires are made. So, um, but yeah, throughout every package that IndyCar's had, it's always been an amazing race there. So I think it's safe to say that, yeah, it probably is one of the better places that we go to race. Colton Hurd, a driver of the number 26 Gamebridge Honda at Andretti Autosport. Good luck the rest of the way, and thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy. Thank you. In the world of racing, Penske means performance.
and winning. For good reason. Since 1966, Team Penske has won 44 national championships, 17 in IndyCar alone. And last year, Team Penske claimed its Indianapolis 500 record-extending 19th Indy 500 win with Joseph Newgarden, the latest driver, to win the famed race. Team Penske also won its second straight NASCAR Cup Series championship. In 2022, Penske was the first team in history to win both the IndyCar and the NASCAR Cup Series championships in the same season. Team Penske enters the 2024 NTT IndyCar Series season with 236 IndyCar wins, including 34 500-mile race victories. Those are results that are tough to top. But Penske's legendary reputation for quality and attention to detail makes a statement off the track, too. When you need a truck, whether for your business or for a household move, Penske Truck Rental has some of the cleanest, newest, and best-maintained vehicles on the road. And we make it easy with personalized support from our associates, flexible reservations, and access to the top technology. With quick pickup and drop-off at more than 2,500 locations across North America, our scale and know-how will keep you covered, all helping to ensure you get the right, reliable, fuel-efficient vehicle when and where you need it. On the highways, the raceways, and every pit stop in between, Penske keeps you moving forward. Gain ground with Penske. Get a quote today at PenskeTruckRental.com or for household rentals, download the Penske Truck Rental mobile app today. The third guest on today's show is Ed Carpenter, an owner-driver in the NTT IndyCar Series who drives the number 20 Chevrolet on the oval tracks of the schedule. But with no more oval races this season, Carpenter can focus on his two drivers, including second-year Renus VK of the Netherlands in the number 21 Chevrolet and veteran driver Connor Daly in the number 20 Chevrolet. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy is Ed Carpenter, owner-driver, Ed Carpenter Racing. Ed, I know there's some big news that will really make you happy with the announcement that Iowa Speedway is going to be back. Multi-year agreement beginning next year with a doubleheader. How excited are you to see that short oval back on the upcoming NTT IndyCar Series schedules? Uh, really happy. You know, I think I think as a series, we were all, all sad when we lost that one off the schedule. It's a great racetrack. I think over the years, it's... A lot of years, it's probably been our most exciting race on the calendar. So uh, I've always enjoyed going there. Happy, happy that we'll be going back. That and that you know, there's a new partner, a new team partner that's turned into a series series partner that's getting us back to a market that we need to be in. What is it about Iowa Speedway that the drivers love so much? I would say outside of the Indianapolis 500, it's probably the best oval racing that you'll see all season? Uh, it's because it's got multiple lanes. You know, there you can, it's bumpy, it has a lot of character. And when you get a good car, you can you can go racing and, you know, work your way through the field. There's a lot of places you may have the best car and, and can't work your way through the field, just given the nature of the track. So, you know, I think I've heard a lot of people say they hope they repave it, but I hope they just leave it the way it is because it's got a ton of character. Also, it's going to be a doubleheader. It's going to, both races will be on NBC, the big network. Not sure yet whether one will be a night race and one will be a day race or if they'll both be day races, but you as a driver, 
Would you like to see them both be night races? I think that that's best always. You know, I think that makes the best racing. But I think you're right. I mean, it, unless we somehow did a Friday, Saturday doubleheader, I think that would be the only way to have two night races. Otherwise, you know, you're hopefully looking at one night race and then a day race. But, it, you know, I think you're better off finishing on a night race just because it's night race is going to be better than a day race, I think. But A couple of weeks ago, Major League Baseball played the Field of Dreams game in Dyersville, Iowa. Got tremendous ratings. It was a great game. I have to say my White Sox won it in the bottom of the ninth. But now a lot of people have described Iowa Speedway as the infield of dreams because it really caters to the grassroots race fan of Iowa. And you came up with grassroots racing in your career. How important is it that there's always a place for the grassroots race fan and driver in IndyCar racing? I think it's really important. You know, I mean, I think, you know, a lot of times we get so focused on on being in big markets, whether it's Dallas or L.A. or you know, wherever, um, you know, but I think it's important for us to stay connected to, to markets like that, racetracks like that. You know, there's there's a, a huge passion for racing, short track racing in Iowa. And for us to be there, you know, I think it keeps our series relevant with with the giant part of the, the fan base that, you know, isn't going to make it to a bigger market. So, um, you know, there, there's great race fans in Iowa, no doubt. You've built up quite an impressive team. Your teammate, of course, Renus VK, has had a really good year. His development is really great. He won a race this year at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway road course. When you look at his development, how important is that to see how far he's come as quickly as he's come? I mean, you know, he's been talented from day one. Um, you know, now we're, I think we're just seeing his progression and consistency get better, you know, less mistakes so you know I, I think he's in a good spot we unfortunately lost a little time this year with the injury um but you know i'm really looking forward to to year three with him and you know i'm sure he'll take a, a, another step after two years experience now you've been sharing your ride uh, on the straight and road courses with connor daly you run the ovals of course how are things set for next season are things up in the air a little bit with that ride i know there's some drivers like Ryan Hunter Ray that are available and maybe a few others that you might be talking to. What can you tell us publicly on that? Well, I mean, I think if you look back historically, you know, we we get that program confirmed later, uh, especially since the Air Force has been a team partner and we've been with Connor uh, just because of the nature of when we when we get approval on that program. So, you know, I think there's probably a lot being read into the situation of us not having something announced right now, especially with some of the guys on the market. Uh, but it, it just, it just too early for us to know what direction we're going with that based on partnerships and, and other options that are out there as well. So, um, you know, I'll probably be able to spend more time focusing on it once my driving calendar is complete and, you know, but the reality is I think it's unlikely that that we'll have firm plans in that car, you know, before the end of the season anyway. I can't recall this deep of a talent pool of drivers that are likely to be available to switch rides. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, there's a lot of people interested in IndyCar, a lot of new faces coming in, you know, a, a really talented crop of young drivers that's that's pushing some veterans out that, that, you know, still have the ability to be here. So whether it's young guys coming in or old guys that are still looking for a home, 
you know, there's definitely there's definitely good options out there. So we'll just have to see how things unfold. And in our final question with Ed Carpenter, owner-driver of Ed Carpenter Racing, when you look at what you've built and put together, how satisfying is that some days when you sit there and say, I've got a great team here that's won some big races, and we've done it the hard way? Uh, you know, I'm really proud, you know, and it's, I don't know that I deserve too much credit other than being a part of it the whole time, but... We've got a great bunch of guys, and most of our key people have been with us. All of our key people really have been with us since day one. You know, so I think the continuity we have is is part of the reason why you're seeing the results and and consistency come now. It takes takes a long time to build an organization to to consistently run at the front of this series. Ed Carpenter, owner driver, Ed Carpenter Racing. You're no longer the little team that could. You're the the team that does. Congratulations on all your accomplishments. Good luck the rest of this season. And thank you for joining us on Pit Pass Indy. Thanks, Bruce. And that puts a checkered flag on this edition of Pit Pass Indy. We want to thank Andretti Autosport drivers Alexander Rossi and Colton Herta and owner-driver Ed Carpenter for joining us on today's podcast. Along with loyal listeners like you, our guests help make Pit Pass Indy your path to victory lane for all things IndyCar. For more IndyCar coverage, follow me at Twitter at Bruce Martin, one word, uppercase B, uppercase M, underscore 500. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thanks to our production team. Executive producers are Bridget Coyne and Gerardo Orlando. Recordings and edits were done by me, Bruce Martin. And final mixing was done by Dave Douglas. Learn more at evergreenpodcast.com. Until next time, be sure to keep it out of the wall.